Simplify your federal agency's technology procurement with Connection Public Sector Solutions. Connection's dedicated account managers, commitment to exceptional customer service, and extensive catalog of federal contracts make IT purchases quick, easy, and affordable. Turn your challenges into opportunities and get rid of your technology pain points with Connection today. Learn more about what's possible with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fedcontracts. HD Smartcast. You are listening to a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Getting Ahead of Disruption, a webinar which is part of the Mint Pivot or Perish series. Today, we will dissect how traditional banks can win over the disruptors and ultimately woo the young millennial customer. I am Rodra Bhattacharya, and I have with me two senior leaders from Salesforce, Vikrant Chaudhary and Kiran Kumar Kesavarapu. Vikrant and Kiran will help us understand how customer intimacy can help build stronger engagement, loyalty, and minimize friction for both customers and the bank employees. Vikrant is the Area Vice President, FinServe Business Unit for Salesforce in India, while Kiran is a Senior Director, Solutions Engineering, Financial Services India at Salesforce. Both of our experts come with decades of experience in the financial services industry and will be sharing their valued insights with us today. Thank you, Vikrant and Karan, for joining us. Thank you, Rodra. Good evening, everyone. Thank you, Rodra. Good evening. Thank you. A quick note for our viewers on social media. We will be taking select questions from our panelists towards the end of the session. Please share your queries in the comments section. To start off, my first question is for Kiran. The elephant in the room, really. The innovation space has boomed. Do you think uh, banks have missed the bus here? Uh, not really. Uh, this so, is a uh, question that ideally I would like Vikran to uh, feel. Vikran? Yes, so... Uh, yeah, actually, the big elephant in the room, uh, like you said, uh, is all about innovation and not about banks or non-banks here. Uh, banks pretty much are barometer of the economy. Uh, they're almost like a raw material supplier, the manufacturers, the distributors of all financial services uh, products uh, that we see, rather than being just the consumption layer uh, that you see. We sometimes uh, confuse innovation with uh, the fintech outcomes that we are seeing in the market. Uh, also, if you see the crisis time that we are just passing through, uh, honestly, the amount of uh, innovation that our banking sector did uh, in last about a decade, whether it was Jandhan, UPI, payment systems maturity, uh, CBS modernization, we sometimes undermine that um, uh, the sheer amount of work on, on the banking system modernization that got done. Uh, however, uh, I would say innovation in one way is a is a culture subject. In one another way, it's a mindset subject, and also what leadership in different institutions is trying to drive. Uh, uh, but banks per se, uh, in fact, one of our customer beautifully put it uh, uh, in fintech world. Um, a friend by the name Shiv who runs DMI Finance uh, um, uh, company, he put it like Salesforce to be 
almost like motherboard of his business i would rather say banks are actually much larger motherboard for all of the finserve outcomes uh, that we see including the modern ones uh, experience centric ones or even the uh, new new age products that we conceive of anywhere across the globe uh, banking of the future is actually uh going to be much different and covid times have uh, made us define and redefine with our uh, some of the leading customers uh it's going to be much l- smaller in real estate i guess much larger in distribution and experience and uh, uh perhaps uh banking as a service uh, banks will become a much bigger platform and expose themselves uh as services to be consumed by uh by others in the marketplace So I would say an event in the room is actually innovation and not so much as uh, banks versus non-banks. Thanks, Vikrant. Uh, Kiran, would you like to add to that? Well, I think uh, Vikrant was spot on. Uh, you're able to hear me, right? Yeah, yeah, we, we can hear you loud and clear. Okay, so Vikrant was spot on. Uh, I think the elephant in the room is really the ability for entities to, to innovate it's the business model is important but not as important as the need and the ability to innovate faster than what market is doing or what pan uh, pan geography entities are doing uh, we are a fairly uh, insulated market in that sense although many would argue that we have opened up long enough a uh, l- long back and therefore the influences from the external world are here to stay and act on consumer preferences uh, but there is still some runway and i think that runway is something that banks can make use of so the elephant in the room is really how do entities in the financial services business deal with this uh, aspect of innovation right uh so you know i mean uh, so how can banks uh, become uh, customer centric is, is it all about technology uh, or is it is also to do with uh, mindsets culture because that's a uh, significant area as well right well your um, question actually uh, had two parts to it to it one was about technology which as a employee of a company that uh, is a bellwether in the technology industry i will definitely comment on but um, right. the mindset issue i think is a very important one uh, at salesforce we like to believe that transformation of any nature and more so in the context of customer centricity really is about the mindset that the bank has and for the lack of a better representation we like to believe that there are three mindsets you can literally take this idea of a mindset to any enterprise in any industry but let's for a moment stick to banking uh, the first mindset that we encounter is a mindset that says renovate right a renovate is a very tactical mindset basically says that the enterprise or the bank will execute a single project uh, probably done without enterprise wide alignment and fundamentally uh, this is really about uh, uh, focusing on outcomes in the near term i've sort of given an example out here that a bank may want to develop a new relationship manager portal with no uh, plan or intent to reuse this for other channels right uh, where it becomes interesting is when we encounter a bank with an evolved mindset an evolved mindset basically is alluding to a bank that is thinking transformation uh, at the time that they are rolling out a digital capability they are 
perhaps also thinking about a business or operating model change okay because they think that by bringing the idea of connected experiences connected customers connected channels they can build a business that is truly customer centric the third mindset is something that is really aspirational we don't see a lot of it although there are banks who have uh, gone down this path which is to think beyond uh connected service financial services and almost embed financial services into journeys that customers take in their lives okay uh, so this is fundamental to the way salesforce thinks about uh customer centricity where is the mindset of a bank today is it in renovate evolve or transcend and those three uh represent the technology uh, that they will adopt and drive for the benefit of uh, a customer uh, and they are non trivial in in many many ways right um an evolve mindset is focused around the customer which is good which is hygiene which is uh, the bare minimum that consumers today expect of a bank but the transcend one is exciting because it almost gets us to a platform kind of a business model so going back to your question uh, yes banks have to be customer centric but it is no a uh, silver bullet there is no silver bullet out there uh, it really goes back to what the mindset is and uh, what is the technology that that mindset will drive uh, in the market hope that answers your question rodra yeah yeah it, it does uh, i mean vikrant if you want to add to that uh, all right yeah yeah i think kiran uh, very well uh, described the uh, the mindset part the is second part of uh, would rather definition of customer set centric to a stakeholder experience uh, uh, and largest part of the contribution needs to come from customer so uh, uh, wherever we can remove friction so customer experience employee experience partner experience uh, otherwise mindsets yes pretty much uh, renovate evolve and transcend and we see as we move from left to right uh, you will typically see those brands much more innovative perceived much more transformational in nature so uh, why is it uh, necessary to learn so deeply about each customer and i'm stressing on the word each customer right not categories as a whole uh, isn't it a massive task considering that these banks uh, i mean banks uh, some of the largest banks in the country have lakhs of customers uh, how do you do it and how does it help you all right that brings me to something that um, uh, has been spoken about quite a bit uh, once again i'll dissect your question you said uh, we should understand should understand customers at a granular level but why is it so hard i think the scale dimension is not really the challenge okay um, just because we are a country of a billion people or more doesn't make the technology any less efficient i think the technology exists the question really is about uh, what do we want to know and why do we want to know uh, much has been written spoken about data being the new oil the new fuel so i'm not going anywhere near there uh, but let's understand are we doing analysis of data for the sake of analysis or is it meant to do something from a business outcome standpoint very clearly uh, business leaders want to understand consumers and customers because it drives competitive advantages for them 
very clearly okay uh, and how so by basically simplifying the journeys that customers need to take with their banks so it gets to as simple as uh, this uh, fundamental understanding right data leads to crafting better journeys simpler journeys that customers can take with their banks and that in turn will drive competitive advantages okay um right. let's take lending for a moment as an example the, the you know the reason why banks exist um and why they have been very often in many parts of the world disintermediated by non banks okay so let's take lending as an example and the importance of data um you, while lenders have taken uh this data to uh, significant uh, heights uh, we understand how data can help for example automate originations and underwriting uh, it can for example create more tailored offerings for a customer uh it can simplify the credit decisioning process leading up to um, straight through processing tat reduction and therefore customer delight okay so you can see that the the disruptor business models that were founded were founded on the back of data but when we began this experience many years ago in a market like india and also elsewhere in the globe uh it wasn't so much for the need for data but it was for the need to simplify processes but during the course of these years we realized that building more and more processes uh and uh, simplifying them also leads to the amount of data that one can look at that can drive insights and therefore in turn simplify processes that customers um, need to take with the bank or the lender so um data has had its own um, uh, challenges in the indian context one of which you refer to which is scale but we don't think that is really the uh, challenge the challenge is understanding what will a bank do with the data um, apart from coining uh, phrases like data as a new oil as a new fuel you've also heard of uh, terminologies like hyper personalized uh, journeys right mm -hmm. essentially trying to understand a customer at a segment of one right and that in turn driving a variety of benefits to a customer uh in, in many banks would refer to this as driving higher products per customer or a higher cross sell ratio so on and so forth the metrics can be any number but i think fundamentally um the need to understand customers at a granular level is all about simplifying journeys and therefore driving competitive advantages for the bank right um so the question really is i mean so what is the right approach i mean you've been working with uh, uh, several uh, financial uh, sector companies uh, across uh, scale uh, and in different parts of the industry so what is the right approach uh, given uh, your empirical evidence that these uh, that the larger banks should take as they look to sort of uh reimagine how they engage with their uh, existing customer base and also build a new uh, younger sort of uh customers for the future 
So I, uh, let me take that as a success example based on what customers have been doing with us uh, rather than, yeah. I mean, successful customers have been doing with us. Uh, uh, the number one observation that we find is uh, the mindset shift topic that we uh, heard from Kiran uh, is mindset shift is from product centric to customer centric. Uh, if you go back in history in India, uh, most of whether public sector custom, uh, banks or uh, nationalized banks in whichever form that we saw, we saw uh, with uh, products in mind, saving account, uh, current account, credit cards, loans, etc. So we were we were traditionally product oriented organizations as well as systems. Uh, so when we went to a bank uh, to open a saving account, we went to uh, the same bank, but maybe my credit card onboarding was very different. And maybe for housing loan, they sent a guy home uh, uh, to do the whole thing. We were in our execution in banking sector product centric uh, rather than now becoming customer centric. So uh, uh, they've inverted the pyramid that whether organization or products or uh, experiences, it needs to be at a segment of one level. So that's the shift number one that we see successful customers do. Uh, the second part of uh, the observation is about doing a crawl, walk, run kind of an approach. Uh, uh, start with use cases, which is uh, here and now, or can show the fastest business impact in a shorter period of time and grow to a transformation kind of a uh, platform. You can also call it a uh, MVP-based approach in uh, delivery terms. Uh, we also see in last uh, two and a half months of uh, COVID crisis, people turned a very good successful customers turned this crisis into an opportunity, a big opportunity to realize that things like work from home, remote work uh, is here to stay for long. And they uh, pushed the pedal hard on information and uh, you know related needs which are happening across stakeholders and uh, used it as an opportunity to transform. Uh, we also heard that that transformation is service-led. Uh, in these times, service is the new sales vehicle. So uh, service in all aspects of the channel, not so much as just the call center or a branch-based service that we were used to, but in an omni-channel uh, uh, digital service service, uh, is the new sales. We uh, heard a term called virtual relationship manager. All of us are in, uh, almost like in an inside sales world uh, as, as we operate in COVID crisis. So this is the number three that we found, that transformation in times of crisis for building a future, which is much more smarter, much more tuned uh, uh, to the future and so on. Uh, lastly, uh, we have been in India... Uh, trying to come up with India-specific solutions, very hard. Uh, and uh, the Western world saw the Paycheck Protection Program uh, done a very large number on Salesforce uh, for a huge number of clients in, in the U.S. But in India, we are making industry cloud ready for our customers, financial services cloud for uh, a wealth management or a retail banking or uh, an insurance part of the world, etc. We are more in Indianizing and listening to our customers' charter and making it happen. So in summary, crawl, walk, run approach, product-centric to uh, customer-centric and transform in the event of crisis. Right. Uh, thanks, Vikram. I think uh, all very uh, pertinent uh, points. Uh, I will actually move on to some of the questions we are getting on uh, social media. And I'll uh, put one sure. up uh, right on the screen. Uh, uh, so, 
So what have the uh, young players in the fintech and digital payments uh, got right? I mean, what did they do right uh, in order to get, uh, you know, which is making the larger, the big banks sort of uh, look forward to change? What is this disruption? What did they get right? So what we observe, firstly, these uh, fintechs or big disruptors that uh, we see, uh, firstly, they come as people with beginner's mindset. Uh, uh, Most often, that need of the product is already felt by a customer and they build an outcome around that that need. Whether you see wallets, lending players, uh, uh, peer-to-peer lending providers or uh, any of the disruptors that you find in the space. uh, uh, Customer-centric part that you mentioned. Customer-centric, right? Yeah, so it begins with a very, very overt need in mind and they they build the entire product on that. Uh, as a need. Right. Uh, so, uh, second part is the beginner's mindset. To Kiran's uh, earlier point that he was talking around mindsets, uh, they start uh, around a uh, customer-centric need, begin with a transcend mindset at, at a ground zero. Okay, And thirdly, uh, they think themselves to be an engineering DNA place, uh, not so much as a service DNA uh, as large banks have been, uh, largely for mandates and reasons which are absolutely right uh, to serve uh, the country as as the financial uh, backbone of the country. So the DNA is different, uh, engineering DNA. Now you will find most of the disruptive banks taking that posture, uh, turning themselves into a customer-centric engineering company uh, kind of a DNA. Right, right. Uh, Kiran, would you like to add to that? Uh, what did they get right uh, before I move on to the next question on social media? I think they took, like Vikran said, they took a very thin sliver of a problem that a customer is faced with. They have solved for it using an engineering mindset. I don't think there is anything more to it than that. Um, yeah. But they've always kept the end state in mind when they are building that uh, minimum viable product today. And that has, in some cases, they have scaled very beautifully. Uh, in some cases, they have uh, lagged for various reasons, right? But right. the starting point is very clear. I have understood the need of the customer so very well that I have a sharp proposition that a big business model could never match. Right. Thank you. Uh, The next question uh, from social media, from Facebook, uh, even as more and more banks and financial transactions go digital, how important uh, Will the human touch be? And this is a this is an interesting question because we are uh, looking at more and more transactions moving digitally at the palm of your hand. Uh, will the will the touch? Will the conversation uh, with a person? Uh, because banking uh, and the financial sector is a space where trust is a is a major major issue, right? And a lot of people are still so comfortable about speaking to somebody rather than speaking to an IVR. One of the reasons uh, we are not very comfortable with an IVR. So, so what is the future of that human touch in a digital first world? Okay. I can take that. Um, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm hoping you're able to see my, uh, I put up a slide for reference purposes. It's quite intuitive that banking uh, business as a business has or has been thriving because it comes with the element of trust, like you mentioned. Okay. Um, there was a significant growth in digital channels, uh, but increasingly uh, the need to marry digital with face-to-face interactions is becoming important. Uh, So if you look at the way channels 
uh, have evolved over the last three months. Don't have to go back in time a lot. But ever since COVID-19 began in March, you saw a significant dip in physical channels. We are now reaching a point of equilibrium. Those physical channels won't perhaps grow back to their normal levels, but they will definitely increase. That's not the headline. The headline is these physical channels or where face-to-face -face interactions used to happen will morph into virtual capabilities. You and A few minutes back, you heard Vikrant mention this terminology called virtual relationship managers. Many banks have gone down that path, and there are many more who are likely to follow that path. Essentially, what it is trying to do is to replace a physical outlet for a physical or face-to-face -face interaction with a digital channel, but with the same personalized human touch. Acknowledging that banking services are not robotic in, or in, in, in many ways, right? They require back and forth with a human being at the other end that provides the trust and the comfort element. But there will be transactions that will exponentially grow on the digital channels, uh, uh, on the self-service channels. So you see the blue bar rising faster than the amber uh, line. Uh, but what it is basically hinting at is a hybrid model of interaction that banks will have to get used to. It's not as if it did not exist in the last five to 10 years. It did exist, but it was uh, not orchestrating it in this way. Right, so we are now going to see miniaturization of uh, uh, the branch, uh, you know, uh, areas uh, because they think much of this can be virtualized. Um, the the RM doesn't have to sit in a branch anymore; he can sit behind a computer from the confines of his home with the data that he can access and render the same level of personalized service to a customer. So I think this human touch definitely not going to go away. Uh, many banks have given it many names, but the one that I can recollect from recent past is one bank calling it an asset light distribution heavy model. Uh, so there are undertones to that. And likewise, another bank calling it a liability-led transaction-heavy business model. Call it what you want, but essentially it is all hinting at the fact that face-to-face -face interactions will remain. Uh, the medium through which those were being done will move from branches to physical to virtual channels. Um, that's, I think, the way we see uh, the evolving um, nature of interactions in banking. Right. Um, uh, this another question. Uh, this is also on Facebook, and I think uh, I'll ask this to Kiran. I'm putting it up. Um, what kind of uh, warning signs do you see for the traditional uh, banking business models? I mean, uh, we discussed, uh, we touched upon these already, but, you know, I, I mean, largely from a perspective of other markets, uh, other developing markets, maybe. Have you seen a similar development uh, where, where traditional uh, big banks have uh, seen, uh, have been challenged by the disruptors and they have reacted in a certain way? Uh, what is the eventual outcome of that? This was a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. 
from Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.